Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. That's a wrap. Yo, that's a wrap. It was an amazing experience. Hope everybody enjoyed it. Hope they got some laughs and good entertainment. This is Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. Cool. Off of Draymond Pitt, skedaddles to the left wing and hits a three. Right in front of Scott Foster. I think some people thought he traveled. That's why I said skedaddle. All right, Warriors about to skedaddle out of Los Angeles. Jordan Poole there with the three as he ended up with 16 on the night. And this one was ugly. Warriors lose it 124 to 121. Jordan Poole got hot late in the first half, kind of kept the Warriors in the game at that point as Golden State was down by just three at the half after a really rough start for Poole in this game. Uh, Then it was more of the same from the first quarter in the third quarter. Gavon Looney had the Warriors kind of hanging around with some big offensive rebounds mid to late third. But other than that, Pretty much all Lakers in a game that they would eventually lead by as many as 28 and go on to win 124-111. to 111. Warriors win mop-up duty, but uh, that not nearly enough to win the game tonight down at Crypto.com Arena. So we welcome you inside Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. It's John Dickinson with you for the next hour. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give me a call or shoot me a text as the Warriors find themselves once again below the 500 mark at 29 and 30 with now 23 games to go. And the loss tonight, which we will get into, now sets up, I think, a pretty critical five-game homestand. And at so many different points this season, the Warriors have found themselves right where they are right now, at or slightly below 500 by a a couple of games, and seemingly right when they've been at at a potential breaking point, they've had a home stretch that they've been able to get to and then lean on, whether they've had Steph Curry or not, whether they've been without Curry and Andrew Wiggins as they currently are with Andrew Wiggins still out due to personal reasons, and of course Steph Curry out due to the injury uh, that has kept him out now the last six games. So when you look at it, just when the Warriors have needed it as they fall tonight to 7-23 and in 30 games away from Chase Center, they've been able to find it. And and I think big picture right now, uh, it really does become about 
these next five games even more so than just looking back at, at how ugly tonight was. And, and really, I think how disappointing tonight was considering the fact that you're expecting a reinvigorated energy and effort for, from the Warriors. And, and look, I, I think, and I was looking at it in prepping for, for Warriors Live before the game, when you really started looking at the rosters for each team as far as who was going to be playing and Wiggins was going to be out again, which certainly was a, a bummer for the Warriors and, and for Warrior fans. We all know Curry was going to be out, but then you start looking at the new-look Lakers and you think to yourself, you know, this isn't really the Laker team that, that spent the first half to two-thirds of the year you know, playing on a night-in, night-out basis. This is a much different Laker squad that's that's a little bit deeper. They've got LeBron back tonight. Now Anthony Davis is back playing, and you know they've added Malik Beasley, who had a big first half. Rui Hachimura. I mean, you can run through the Laker lineup as far as the guys that are actually playing right now. And when you compare that to the guys that are actually playing for the Warriors right now, given the the Warriors struggles and everything on the road, and and you you look at it and you go, you know what, this is going to be a really tough game for the Warriors to win tonight unless they play exceptionally well, and, and the Warriors did not play exceptionally well with many of the problems that have plagued them throughout the entire season, plaguing them again in this game tonight, whether it's fouling too much again, Lakers get to the free throw line 34 times to the Warriors 21, it's turnovers, it's bad shots, it's just poor offense at times, which I think sets up the defense to be put in in a in a poor position to succeed uh some bad passes early that turned into turnovers I thought the Warriors starters actually had it in the first four to six minutes of the game I know the Warriors were up 13 to 10 at one point early on but then they only scored 10 points over the last eight minutes of the entire first quarter and they end up down eight at 31 23 so I thought for for that initial stretch the starters had it and Steve Kerr made a, a lineup tweak tonight in an attempt to go smaller, but also get more size at the wing. He put Jonathan Kaminga in for Kevon Looney. That did not work uh, at all. We'll get into that and and the decision behind it and kind of where it left the Warriors in this one. But rough first quarter. Then there was a three-minute drought early to mid-second quarter, but an 18-8 run with Jordan Poole going off late in the second, and that surge basically saved the Warriors from being, being down big although his poor play was a big part of the reason why they were down to begin with and and threatening to be down big. It was a rough night for Anthony Lamb. It was a rough night for Jonathan Kaminga. And it was just a night where you look at different points at, at the Warriors bench with Looney now being a part of the bench, and you go, man, Anthony Lamb... Jamichael Green, Ty Jerome, Kavon Looney. Those are those are the the six through nine on the Warriors tonight, and that's just an ugly, ugly, ugly six through nine. And and you know, and that's when you're down a couple of starters and a couple of regulars and a couple of all stars in, in Steph Curry and and an Andrew Wiggins to boot, and it just makes for a rough, rough night. The Warriors got throttled in transition. I thought tonight was another night where they just defensively, the dribble penetration, whether it's getting to the basket, and the Lakers ended up putting 50 on the Warriors in the paint. Uh, It was also, I think, a lot of dribble penetration that were leading to, to open threes 
uh, the Lakers, I think this new look Laker team, uh, and the Lakers are a team that wants to play fast, but the new look Lakers have been, you know, they've got a few more guys out there that can knock down some shots from the outside. And the 20 to 5 run for the Lakers, it, it put them up 16. I mean, at that point, you thought this was probably going to be it, although Kevon Looney did have that stretch that I mentioned that, that kind of helped keep the Warriors in the game and in with striking distance with some offensive rebounds and, and some putbacks and the like. But then you look at the end, uh, just the bench as well. The Warriors get very little from their bench. And by comparison, this Lakers team, this new look Lakers team, is. Uh, they're just they're much deeper, I think now. Whether it's Hachimura coming off the bench or Mobamba now, Dennis Schroeder gets kicked to the bench with D'Angelo Russell going into the starting lineup along with Malik Beasley. I mean, Malik Beasley led the Lakers tonight with 25 points, and he obviously was a, a starter in, in 26 minutes. But you know, he he won his matchup. If you're looking at the matchups be- between the two guards, Schroeder's given the Warriors fits in the past, but 68-52 for the Laker new look bench over the Warriors bench that, that really was, was heavily lifted by Ty Jerome and then not much other than eight Moses Moody points. It was actually worse. It, Moses Moody had eight in mop-up time. Patrick Baldwin had 11 in, in mop-up time after Steve Kerr waved the white flag and the Warriors got down by 28. Uh, 20 at that point, it, it ended up being 28, and then the Warriors knocked it down to what it ended with, which which was 13. But just you know, the lack of depth for this Warriors team being down two starters going up against a team that's revamped and, and retooled their look. Uh, Lakers right now, this this current iteration of the Warriors, this current iteration of the Lakers, the, the Lakers are a better team. And that was something I was kind of struggling and grappling with throughout the night, thinking, man, it's it's probably good for the Warriors that the Lakers didn't have this team uh, a lot sooner. Because I think this team, uh, if they had had this group together for a good chunk of the season, would probably be a team that the Warriors are chasing in the standings as opposed to a team that, that the Warriors are still uh looking down on in the standings, although with the loss tonight, the Warriors have dropped down to 10th again in the West, under 500. mentioned the 7-23 and 23 on the road. Uh, they're going to have to make some hay at home here coming up with the next five beginning tomorrow night against a team with the worst record in the NBA, which is the Houston Rockets, who lost seven consecutive games before the break and will be a rested squad that will come in to Chase Center to take on the Warriors tomorrow. But the Warriors find themselves now, they lost ground to Utah because Utah beat Oklahoma City, but Oklahoma City kept pace with the Warriors because the Warriors got beat by the Lakers, who are trying to vault themselves into that conversation with everybody else. And you look at the Warriors now just a half game out up uh, on 10th in the West, and and you can say, well, there's still two games out of six, then three games out of fourth, and all of that, and it's all true, but at this point, it feels like the Warriors' season, as it has so many different times, whether it's been with or without Steph Curry, has reached a very quick crossroads here with this homestand beginning tomorrow against the Rockets, 
and then Minnesota, and then Portland, who rested everybody uh, coming out of the All-Star break because of some flight and storm issues trying to get from Portland to Sacramento. So they got beat tonight in Sacramento. Portland's going to be at Chase on Tuesday night before the Clippers and the Pelicans close out the six games in nine nights. And so these next three in particular, and I think really tomorrow – and and the game against Portland on Tuesday because everybody's been beating Portland for the most part of late, uh, with the exception of the Warriors going back a week or so before the All-Star break up in Portland where the Warriors couldn't beat them down the stretch. To me, those are the two games with that Minnesota game sandwiched in where this team's going to have to find some resolve. Otherwise, they're going to be fighting an uphill climb just to get into the play-in tournament whenever they can get Steph Curry back into the fold and then hopefully eventually uh, Gary Payton the second and and obviously Andrew Wiggins who Steve Kerr offered no timeline as to when he potentially could return to the Warriors so 888-957-9570 it is John Dickinson here on Warriors wrap up on 95.7 the game Lakers 124 Warriors won 11, and so the Warriors now back under 500. And remember when the Warriors looked like they were starting to figure it out on the road a couple of weeks back? Well, they are 0 for February now uh, on the road. Uh, Warriors 0 for, 0 for February on the road, 0 and 5 in the month of February on the road. The, the back-to-back losses in Minnesota and Denver, and then the loss in Portland, uh, that we were alluding to here just a moment ago at the Clippers before the break, at the Lakers here coming out of the break, and it's 0-5 for February for the Warriors on the road after they had worked their record back up to, uh, what was it? Uh, seven, they, they had gotten to 7-18 and 18 after they were 3-16, and 16. So, they had won, so they had won 3 out of 5 on the road, and now they've dropped the five consecutive games uh, on the road, so seven and twenty-three, and that is that is ugly. I mean, that is just looking at it right now. As far as the standings, the the seven and twenty-three for the Warriors. There are three teams right now in the NBA who are worse on the road than the Warriors, and it's it's San Antonio and Houston who are both five and twenty-five, and it's the Pistons who are are seven and and twenty-four. Uh, a half game worse. Everybody else has got a better road record or at least uh, more road wins in the case of, of Indiana than do the Warriors, who, who right now sit at, at 7-23 and 23 with uh, 11 road games to go and now 12 home games to go for Golden State uh, out of these last 23. Uh, a couple other things on the board here. I, I did want to get to uh, the decision to start Jonathan Kaminga over Kavon Looney. Uh, I wasn't necessarily surprised by it. We talked about it on, on Warriors Live. I didn't really love it because I think you know, Steve Kerr has has preached, and I, and I know it, it's probably more of a when Steph is playing and or at least when Wiggins is playing, even if Steph isn't. Steve Kerr believes that there's enough offense out there to carry Looney and... Draymond Green playing on the floor together. And so when you take Wiggins away, there's a tendency to want to have a little bit more offensive punch and not have Looney and and Draymond Green out there at at the same time, even if you've got Poole out there, even if you've got Klay Thompson out there 
Uh, and you figured Dante DiVincenzo was going to get the start because DiVincenzo had been starting. I, and, and the Lakers make it even more tricky because they have a little bit more size in terms of their wing players when they start Beasley and then LeBron's at the three. You got Vanderbilt and Anthony Davis. They've got some length and 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 a sturdy lineup now that, that they're putting out there. And so I understood why Steve Kerr did it and, and went with Kaminga over Looney. But I, I think it, it, it didn't work you know, tonight. It, it was a bad Kaminga game. He shot it very poorly. The Lakers were daring him to shoot from three. Looked like a player that had uh, not taken too many shots during the, during the break. Not Obviously, don't know if that's the case. I'm sure he's been taking shots. But uh, as far as he just he looked a little rusty without the game action. It seems like Kaminga, when he's had time to play over extended stretches, he's gotten more comfortable with his three ball. And so he was he was wild a little bit at the rim in the game tonight. And I, I think it, it just makes there's a little more volatility when you put Kaminga in that lineup over the steady hand of Kavan Looney. And so I, I think that was maybe a little bit of an overthink for Steve Kerr uh, in the game tonight. Like I, I think the Warriors and, and we've talked about the fact that you know they fall now to nine and twelve without Curry. You'd probably take nine and eleven, nine and twelve without Curry. But a good chunk of that has been because Jordan Poole has scored at a high level when Curry's been out. But when it's been Curry and Wiggins out, Dante DiVincenzo stepped in and played pretty well. But he played pretty well with the Looney. Uh, with the Looney Draymond group. And so I, I think that decision didn't quite work out. And, and look, I'll, I'll also throw this one out there as well. And it's it's down as about the fifth or the sixth thing on the list and discuss, but I know it's been making the rounds on, on social media tonight uh, as people you know try and break down what the heck is, is wrong with this, this Warriors team. I, look, I got nothing for anybody on a night where Anthony Lamb is as bad as he was tonight. And I think we all know Steve Kerr trusts Anthony Lamb at this point more than Moses Moody. I think there is a little bit of a positional difference there. Lamb more of a 3-4, Moody more of a 2-3. Uh, and you know, clearly Anthony Lamb has helped the Warriors through some significant stretches this season, going back to that five-game winning streak on that desperation-like homestand around the holidays where the Warriors found themselves in a similar predicament they do now, and they needed some wins to help stabilize their record without Curry, and ironically enough, without Curry and Wiggins at that point, and Anthony Lamb really helped them. I think he's among, if not the the leader in production as far as two-way players for the entire league this season. And so when you don't have Wiggins and you're looking for offense, you want to go with somebody that you trust. And and look, Steve Kerr trusts Anthony Lamb over Moody, again, who I think is a different position, and over a guy like Patrick Baldwin Jr., a late first-round pick, who I think the Warriors are very high on, but at this point is not and has not earned the trust of a coaching staff in his, his first NBA season. But when Lamb's as bad as he was tonight, I, I can't argue with any of the frustration as to, well, why is Lamb playing a lot and Moody and, and Patrick Baldwin Jr. aren't? Because it, it does boil down to the simplicity of, well, it can't be any worse, so you might as well develop. And and so I, I, I can't downplay anybody that's feeling that kind of a way about it, 
even though I do think it's an easy thing to to explain when you look at the totality of everybody's contributions. And I also think it's it's pretty clear that you know, Moody has not shown the coaching staff at in his time not on the floor in games, meaning practice time and behind the scenes time, team that you know, time that fans and even the media don't get to see. He just hasn't done enough to earn that trust. And so that is how a guy like Moody, who was trusted in stretches at this point in the season last year and isn't now, was at times, although I do think the conversation about him being trusted in playoff games has been overblown to a certain extent because it was really more the fact that Gary Payton II was injured and then Damian Lee got many opportunities before Kerr went to Moody, and we're really talking about a couple of games. It's not as if Moses Moody was was just Mr. He just Mr. Trusted playing huge minutes down the stretch in all these playoff games during the Warriors championship run. I think there's a little bit of revisionist history and mythology when it comes to that. He was playing a little bit in a series where the Warriors were up 3-0 against Dallas, and, and Damian Lee was playing poorly. He, he was put in some pretty comfortable positions to succeed in the games that he played and had success. But the reality is, playing well in a couple of games in a playoff doesn't necessarily mean as much as if you're not showing a coaching staff what needs to be shown over an extended period of time now that we're four five months into a, a regular season. And and so, you know, we can sit back and say, wow, he played well in that one game against Dallas for six minutes down the stretch and and helped the Warriors. Why isn't he playing now? The, the truth is, and I'm not making excuses, but I do want to explain the thought process behind it to the best of my ability. The reality is, and the truth is, everything that's happened up until this point carries more weight. And, and the coaching staff has seen a lot more as to why he's not on the floor than we saw in five or six minutes of a, of a playoff game in a year where uh, you know, just about everything went right for the Warriors for the most part during a, a postseason run and a run to another championship. Now, all that being said, when Lamb is as bad as Lamb was tonight, and it was bad for Anthony Lamb tonight, if Anthony Lamb's not making shots, forget about it. And, and tonight, Anthony Lamb was, was not making shots. 0 of 4 from 3, 0 of 6 overall, and it, it was ugly. He, he, he was fouling uh, four fouls in 23, 24 minutes. I mean, that's, that's rough for, for, for Anthony Lamb and, and for the Warriors. And so I, I, I get when you're already shorthanded and the game feels like, well, it can't get any worse, you might as well throw the young guys in and at least – get a little bit of developmental time for these guys, you, you kind of can't have it both ways. You can't have it where, on the one hand, all of these games are super important and every win has to be chased and this team has to try and get to the sixth seed or has to try and prevent themselves from missing out completely on getting even into the play-in tournament. But then you also, the first moment of something doesn't go right, it's like, well, develop, develop, develop. you got to play the kids, develop. It just it, it doesn't work that way. You either have to give the, the leeway and the leash to the more veteran player and a player that's helped the Warriors this season, or you have to almost commit to, 
all right, season's lost, let's play the kids. And I don't think anybody uh, in the Warriors organization is, is looking to do that, given the fact that while it may look bleak tonight, because it was an ugly loss that dips the Warriors back under 500. The flip side reality to that situation, whether you believe it or not, is they still are only two games out of a six seed, which gives them a full playoff series. And right now the three seed, as I pointed out many times, is, is Sacramento. And, and you know, I think the Warriors would, would take their chances in a series, assuming they could get to a series if they were fully healthy, uh, above, you know, they they take their chances with that, uh, probably against any opponent, including Memphis or Denver. As crazy as that sounds at this point, given as poorly as the Warriors have played, again, if they have everybody, the reality though is with twenty three games left, and and I think every Warrior fan is feeling this right now is it feels like it, it almost would be a hell of a lot harder to get to that point where they're even playing in that series than it would be the confidence level that if they were fully healthy, they could win that series. I was talking to my guy Matt Steinmetz tonight. We're going back and forth, as we often do uh, during games. And, and I said, you know what? We're watching the end of the Memphis game as the Warriors game was starting and Memphis was blowing a lead and, and losing – against Philadelphia, and I, I said, man, something's off with Memphis. I go, could you imagine if the Warriors played Memphis even? If, the, if Memphis was the two and the Warriors were the seven? Like, I think, I'll bet you the Warriors would win that series. I'll bet you the Warriors would beat Sacramento if they played them in a playoff series. Again, as long as they had everybody. The reality, though, is you can feel that way all you want, and this is something we're going to go back and forth on these last six weeks. You can feel that way all you want, that this team's got a, a shot – and, and that they can make a run, but the truth is it's going to be more difficult for the Warriors to even make it, I think, through the slog of these next six weeks and these next probably two, two and a half weeks that they're going to be without Curry, and who knows what's going on with Wiggins, and they're trying to get Gary Payton the second back and, and healthy as well. So I think that's the... That's the, the issue. That's the worry. That's the concern. And so it, it, it sets the tone for what I think is almost a little bit of a pre-Curry return last stand for the Warriors who've been able to win just enough without him to stay afloat through this whole season. Never enough to truly separate, but just enough to, to stay afloat. And I think this next week with these next five games, tomorrow and Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday, and a week from tomorrow, I, I think there's, there's some must-win in here uh, to the tune of, I would say, probably at least three of the five, and, and, and maybe even this team's going to have to find a way to, to win four of those five before they go back out on the road. they got to play this Lakers team again and, and a ups, uh, you know, young OKC team, and, and then you know Memphis is going to be looking their chops for them, especially if they can get them shorthanded. Uh, in the grindhouse in, in Memphis here coming up two weeks from tonight. So 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. We'll pause here. We'll come back. We'll hear from Steve Kerr. We'll hear from Clay Thompson. We'll hear from Kavon Looney. We'll get to some text messages as well as the Lakers beat the Warriors tonight, 124-111. to You heard it right here on 95.7 The Game. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Three on the left wing. No good. Draymond offensive rebound. Dribbles it. Bounce pass. Kaminga down the lane. They hammered it through with a right hand slam. I'll tell you what, if you got a replay of that last minute, Draymond Green did everything inside to save that play. Everything. Now back to Warriors Wrap-Up on 95.7 The Game. A rough one for the Warriors tonight. They lose 124 to 111 in Los Angeles against the Lakers. Game two of what will be three straight road games in L.A. uh, As the Warriors played the final game before the break in L.A. against the Clippers. And then tonight against the Lakers. And uh, another oddity, but the next Warrior road game is also going to be at Crypto.com Arena again against the Lakers coming up uh, on March the 5th. So it's going to be a while, uh, about a week and a half, a week from Sunday, uh, as the Warriors will have the next five on the Chase Center hardwood. But, uh, yeah, three straight down uh, at Los Angeles uh, between the Clippers and the Lakers. So the Warriors now 29-30. and 30. Lakers gain ground on the dubs. They improve to 28-32. and 32. And uh, keeping everybody updated on the standings, Warriors now 10th in the West at 29-30. and 30. As Utah got a big win late, they won an overtime over OKC. So the Jazz jump the Warriors uh, in terms of percentage points. They they move to 30 and 31. Uh, the Warriors at, at 29 and 30. Uh, OKC at 28 and 30. They're the first team on the outside looking in. But uh, again, uh, Dallas, they won tonight, played San Antonio to get to 32 and 29. So the Warriors all told, even with Three teams in between them and Dallas, just two games out of still the sixth spot in the Western Conference. Phoenix and the Clippers are on the move, five and four, and and Sacramento still able to do enough to stay in that three spot despite the Clippers and Suns coming for them in a big-time way. Uh, Dallas has not been able to put it together yet with Luka and Kyrie, and Minnesota, the Pelicans, Jazz, Warriors, Thunder, Blazers, Lakers have all been mediocre enough to not make a significant push. 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570. Some text messages to get to here in just a moment, but first we want to get to our hardest-working player of the game, which is brought to you by AC Transit. 
Jamichael Green puts it on the deck. Rotates over to Anthony Lamb on the floor for the first half. No good. Loon, offensive rebound. And come on, Looney goes up and scores. Six straight for the Warriors to tie the game. He just outworked the Lakers there. One of Kevon Looney's 15 rebounds and eight, actually looks like seven offensive rebounds. So Kevon Looney, our hardest working player of the game, he ends up with the uh, just a, a 10 and 15 night for Kevon Looney in, in 20 minutes. Uh, one of seven offensive boards. Kevon Looney, your hardest worker of the game, brought to you by AC Transit. AC Transit is looking for hard workers and is offering a $2,000 bonus for new bus operators and journey level mechanics to join their team. For complete details and to apply, visit actransit.org slash careers. That's actransit.org slash careers. Kevon Looney, your hardest worker of the game in this Warriors loss tonight to the Lakers. 888-957-9570. Some text messages to get to here and we'll start with uh, Greg in San Francisco JD I appreciate your analysis but it's quite simple Golden State went 15 for 49 from three point range it was actually 14 for 49 from three point range their only answer without Curry and Wiggins is to try and play the same way with guys who cannot make shots they have a very limited skill in the front court uh, and then Greg gets his usual shot in at Draymond Green despite the notion they boast a Hall of Fame power forward. Uh, look, the Warriors do need to make a lot of threes to win games w- without Curry, and especially so without Curry and and without Andrew Wiggins. And you know, this is the kind of game where you look at the the Lakers' retooled roster. At least I do, and. And I think, you know what's going to have to happen tonight for the Warriors to win is it's going to have to be a Jordan Poole game where, where he goes for 25-30, to 30, which he's done a lot without Steph Curry in the fold or even on nights where he started in place of Clay Thompson. Didn't happen. 2-7-3, 3-13 overall. The turnovers were there. The, the poor defense. You know, he had the, the seemingly nightly you know, lost the ball and and falls down into a turnover, which is which is brutal. I mean, there's there's no excuse for Jordan Poole on, on a night like tonight. He he played very poorly. He was a minus sixteen, and uh, which was the worst among the starters tonight for for the Warriors. Kaminga was up there, but but made up for some of his in mop up duty to get it down to a, a, a minus four. But yeah, Jordan Poole cannot play as badly as Jordan Poole did tonight if the Warriors are going to beat anybody shorthanded, plain and simple. And you know, Clay, four of eleven, he was just kind of chucking. Never really felt like Clay was in a in a true rhythm tonight. And then they didn't get it from DiVincenzo or Kaminga or Anthony Lamb at all from three point range. So you look at the three point shots for for those three in particular, and it. It was ugly. It was 2 of 15 for Dante DiVincenzo, Jonathan Kaminga, and Anthony Lamb from three. And that's that's just not going to cut it. Uh, 28% is not going to cut it, and that's that's what the Warriors were tonight. All right, let's get to West Oakland. Sam on the phone lines, 888-957-9570. What's going on, Sam? You're on Warriors Wrap-Up. Man, J.D., man, this is rough. I couldn't wait to talk to you because I just got a couple of questions for you, man. Like, um, 
Um, coming into the season, I thought we would have like a platoon because I was, you know, coming off the championship run, I literally thought that we would have a platoon system with the young guys that, that got a championship experience last year. And um, it's just totally, my my opinions totally backfired on me on what I thought this year was going to look like. And you know what? Like, we've been blessed to have, like, regular seasons where it was effortless. And there's a part of me that's enjoying the struggle where it's like, you know, every game is interesting now. But um, I'm just kind of starting to reach a point where it's like, I don't think anything we try to put, like, even if Steph played tonight, I feel like uh, this would have been an L either way. You know what I mean? Because um, these games are starting to come down to just, it looks like we don't have enough to match the energy of, of, of a longer, younger squad or um, it just continues. Yeah. It, it just, it's so like this season has been so repetitive to me in terms of just like not getting able to get over the hump in terms of how we want to uh, push our rotations, who has a certain role, who has to do what turnovers. And it's just like, it's, it's, um, although I like us struggling finally and, and like, like trying to figure out everything, it's just what type of, how many games do you need to see us go on a run for us to finally feel comfortable? Because this winning two games, losing three, barely being over 500, it's just like, this just might be who we are, J.D., you know, this year. No, it, it might be, Sam. I think, that's, I, I think you're, you're spot on. And, and, look, there hasn't been much to like about the recent struggle. Uh, I, and, and, you know, we'll play some of the post-game comments from the, the interview room at, at Crypto.com Arena down in LA and and the one thing you have to hope for right now is that there's not a a a designation or a resignation that that this team just doesn't have it. Like this team is at a point where they have to keep fighting. And you know you can't go developmental mode right now because you're still cl- too close to being in it and you may get healthy and have everybody back and at that point you think you can make a run. It still may not add up to a championship. I mean that I think is is an obvious point. But as far as the, I'll answer the last part first. As far as how long do they have to go on a run to feel comfortable? I think if they got, let's say, everybody back except Peyton, and they went ten, you know, if they went ten and five, you know, it's that's what I keep coming back to. As far as their best stretch, I think at any point this year was ten and four. And that was a stretch after they were three and seven at the beginning of the year. It got them to thirteen and eleven. One of those games was a throwaway game in New Orleans where they they rested everybody. So it was really maybe ten and three. And then you factor out the the New Orleans game that they they basically punted on. And so you know, can they can they go ten and three? Can they go can they go eleven and four in fifteen? I know they went fifteen and five in the final twenty. Two years ago, even though that team was a, a, a play-in tournament team, similar win-loss trajectory as, as this year's team, although I, I think this year's team is better than the team from, from two years ago, at least has a, a higher ceiling when, when fully healthy than, than the team from, from two years ago did. And that two years ago team you know, got beat in the, the play-in tournament by Memphis as, as an eight seed, got beat by the Lakers and then Memphis 
to wind up not making the playoffs. So, but you're also running out of games. Like you're not going to have Steph Curry back for the final twenty. We we already know that because uh, there's you know he's going to be reevaluated in a week, and that means he's going to miss tonight and at least another three and probably some more on top of that. And so at that point, you're already down to about 20 games, and he, he likely still isn't going to be back for, for another handful. So you know, what does the run have to be? It, it, you know, it might have to be, can they go 10-5 and five over 15? Can they go 8-2 and two over the last 10 if they have everybody? And where does that get them? Because you know, that, that's the other part you have to ask yourself. If you go 8-2 and two and you're 500, well, that might be good enough to get you sixth if you're, if you're 500 at that point. If you're three under and you go eight and two, well, then you're going to have to go eight and two just to get into the top ten, and then it's who are you playing, and and you're basically going to have to play a game seven right off the top or back to back game sevens, depending upon if you're the nine or the ten versus the seven or the eight, and it's just a situation you'd like to to avoid. But I, I think I, I think it's got to be something like eight and two. I think it's got to be something like twelve and. 12 and 4 over maybe a, a 16 game stretch to where you'd feel it. I think the Warriors would tell you if they have everybody healthy, they feel like they can beat anybody. Uh, but to go back to the beginning of the year, Sam, and you know, not to be redundant because I, I have mentioned this a lot, I, the Warriors thought what you did. The Warriors thought they had almost a platoon system of. You're going to have the young guys be able to fit it. And I think they really believe they had the young guys to, to step in and be in the top 10 in the rotation. And the reality that nobody wants to acknowledge, because I think it's easier to blame the coaches, it's, you know, it's easier to blame the rotation, it's easier to blame the system than it is to blame the players. And so I, I think because everybody wants to assume that because of p- these were high picks that they're automatically going to be good players. And I'm not writing any of them off, but the players themselves weren't good enough at the beginning of the season. Jonathan Kaminga multiple times, multiple times, got pulled from the Warriors rotation in the first 20 games of the year because he didn't play well enough when he got opportunities. It was similar to tonight, frankly, early in the year where he would get opportunities to play. Hey, I'm going to throw you in the starting lineup, and the energy's bad, and you're missing shots, and you can't finish at the rim, and you just look a little lost and overwhelmed out there against some other grown NBA bodies. You know, Kamingo, I think, was, you know, it happens. He's a young player. I'm not, not fretting about it. But, you know, I'd be disappointed in Kamingo. Tonight and you know four one five was disappointed in Kaminga. I think yeah tonight was kind of an opportunity. You know you want to start, you want to play with the big boys a little more if you're Kaminga, and and you don't play well. You know when that happened earlier in the year, it it would get him pulled out of the rotation or at least pulled out of the starting lineup after he was getting opportunities. But that goes back to it was just apparent early that Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody couldn't be in the top eight, nine, ten. At, because they were three and seven when they did it, and and I've said this a lot: the Warriors they wanted to coast, the veterans wanted to coast, they weren't playing a lot of defense, and the team top to bottom wasn't good enough to carry the load, and the young players were definitely not good enough to to carry the load and play significant minutes to allow the starters and the champions to play the way that they wanted to play to get them through the doldrums of a, of the beginning of a season, and so everything was thrown off by that. 
early and Wiseman was out and Kaminga was out and Moody was out and Kaminga, to his credit, worked his way back in. And, and he, but he did it by doing the things that, that the Warriors and the coaching staff have asked him to do. And so he worked his way back into it. Wiseman was never able to. He got traded. Moody, to this point, hasn't been able to for this year. Doesn't mean he's a bust. Doesn't mean he's not going to have a good career. Just means he can't help this team this season to this point. And so when that all got thrown out of whack, it, it, the development was going to be hurt because the Warriors needed to try and win as many games as possible to prevent the season from, from going completely off the rails. And it worked. The Warriors went 10-4 and four after that to get to 13-11 and 11 in early December. And then it's been a combination of Wiggins being out, Curry being out, Curry and Wiggins being out, winning a few games, surprisingly, getting to a point where it looks like maybe you can win a few more without either one of them. You don't. They come back. You think it's go time. You don't. And then they end up getting hurt and being out of the lineup again. And so, yeah, it has been, to go back to Sam's original point, it has been this vicious cycle of young players not good enough, young players can't play, veteran players get it together, injuries, just enough wins to stay afloat, not enough wins to separate, more injuries, young players working their way back in, and it just is, it's just been this, this hamster wheel over and over and over that the Warriors still find themselves on. And now they find themselves, I think, running out of time again if there isn't some significant urgency beginning tomorrow night. I'm going to say it tonight. I'm going to say it tomorrow at 6 o'clock when I'm on for Warriors Live. Tomorrow's a must-win. Tomorrow's a must-win. February 24th, must-win game. 29-30, and I don't care if Curry's not playing. I don't care if Wiggins is not playing. You're playing the worst team in the NBA tomorrow. A young, athletic, energetic team, but the worst team in the NBA in 13-45 in the Rockets at Chase where you're 22-7, no excuses. You got to win that game. Point blank, end of story. Get to 500 for the 17th time this season and take your chances with Minnesota and Portland after that, and we'll see where this thing goes. But right now it's a matter of just staying afloat long enough to where maybe you can get – Curry back, and and then Wiggins back, and Gary Payton the second. You see what you got there, and add it all up at the end. Can you play well enough to avoid the top? Uh, you'll be in the seven to ten range potentially, but right now uh, there needs to be a, a, an urgency that that adds up to. There needs to be a a fight to this team that they've really only had consistently during that that holiday homestand. Th- that needs to reemerge beginning tomorrow, a, a refusal to be outworked regardless of who is on the floor. That's what propelled them to those wins at the end of the year. That's what has to come back for these next five games if the Warriors are going to have any chance to give themselves a chance to make a run. Uh, 888-957-9570. All right, a couple of more text messages to get to, but let's, uh, as promised, hear from Steve Kerr. It was short and sweet. Steve Kerr met with the media to discuss this loss to the Lakers. Here's the head coach. In the past, the third quarter has kind of been a momentum changer for you guys a lot of times. Why do you think this season it's been a little bit more of a struggle in the third season? Well, we're a very different team 
different, totally different teams. So I, I don't, I wouldn't compare this team to, um, teams in the past where we're, we are our own team. And so, you know, we have to form our own identity. And, um, unfortunately we're, we're, you know, struggling with the same issues. The fouling was another huge factor tonight. You know, we're sending them to the line over and over again. And, um, I thought we had some disjointed offensive possessions, some, you know, some turnovers, some, uh, difficult shots that were basically shot turnovers. And there were several key stretches where we, we had a chance, we had gotten ourselves back in the game and then we just couldn't, couldn't put it together, couldn't connect the game and, and make a run. And so, um, that's, um, it's all right there for us on tape and we'll, we'll show them, we'll keep coaching and keep, keep trying to get better. Which stretch in particular kind of stick out to you? Uh, I think we, we cut it to seven, maybe mid third after they had made a run and um, had a had a turnover that led to a layup and had a couple stretches like that in the first half too. Even though we closed uh, the half well and cut it to three, um, felt like there were several stretches earlier that, than that where we um, let the game get away from us a little bit with some difficult. Um, ambitious plays offensively and just instead of just keeping it simple and then the fouling i mentioned I th- they had 34 free throws tonight to our 21 and that's you know that's a common theme so um we'll we'll try to keep coaching keep talking to them and um try to get better with that did you expect more juice coming out of the break and obviously you guys are playing shorthanded they got a bunch of new guys you gotta have that life did you expect a little bit I liked our energy early, and then I think we got a little demoralized, you know, a couple times in the game when things didn't go our way. I didn't, I didn't think we were poised enough at key stretches, and and we let things um, slip from us, and uh, and so we lost lost that energy. So we've got to find it quickly because uh, obviously we got another game tomorrow night. Yeah, they got to find the energy quickly, and and no excuses, as we talked about before. We heard from from Steve Kerr there. It, tomorrow's got to be a win. Two four zero. JD, I'm disappointed with you tonight. The failure of the young players falls squarely on Kerr's per usage of them early on. It isn't a coincidence why they started to play better immediately when Dre was inserted to help that second unit. Yet Draymond Green was playing and Wiggins was playing with that group. It, it wasn't like it was Draymond with Kaminga Moody and 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 uh, James Wiseman all at once. <laughs> I mean, let's let's go back and, and check some of those lineups. Yeah, Draymond helped the second unit, but it was Draymond helping the second unit with other stabilizing players in there as well and so it 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 it, Draymond has to be able to help them but but it was a matter of going away from them and 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 allowing you know simplifying the game I think for them Kaminga is the real one because Kaminga is the one that's Wiseman's no longer on the team Kaminga worked his way back into the rotation by doing the things the coaching staff asked but but yes the, the the development you know, it's hard to win and develop. And I think we all overestimated, to go back to Sam's call, we all overestimated the ability of the Warriors to win and develop. Like, we all thought they had this thing a little bit more dialed than they actually did. And that's where the veterans were a little bit older and the young players weren't quite far along. And then you got rolling into the season, you weren't winning games. And from the jump, this thing was off the rails from three and seven. They've been trying to offset and fight their way back from that, and that was pretty squarely on the young players playing poorly at, at, at the beginning 
uh, of the year and the veterans not being great enough to be able to offset it. You know, Clay was terrible at the beginning of the year. Poole wasn't good at the beginning of the year. And if those guys weren't going to be playing well, they couldn't carry the young players along through their own struggles, which were very much real at, at that point in time. All right, let's hear a little bit from Clay Thompson as, as he met with the media down uh, in, in Los Angeles after this one. I mean, looking at the stat sheet, uh, I would say our perimeter defense wasn't great. Allowing them to shoot 53% from three is awful. And on the other night, we just did not have a great shooting night. And that's a combination for disasters. So it wasn't the ideal start post-break, but we have a, another great opportunity tomorrow and Sunday to right the ship. Play that closing group with Moses, Ty, and Patrick for a 28-point lead down to 13. What did you like from them? They didn't make a lot of perimeter shots when they first got in there. And then they called a timeout. They settled in. And I think Anthony Vereen told them to move the ball, attack, and then kick out for three. And um, they responded to that very well. That's what they did. And, I mean, Patrick shot the heck out the ball. Moses was attacking the rim. And I just love the aggressiveness from that unit to get to the lane and get to the rim and kick out and take great shots. And um, we can learn something from that, and we can continue that flow into tomorrow night. You said you felt energy was good early, but then when things weren't going your way, you used the word demoralized and said you guys some have poise to, to kind of fight back. And I mean, do you agree? And how do you combat that? I agree with Steve. Um, you combat that by just um, leaning on your teammates, being loud on defense, not fouling. Uh, I thought we fouled too many shooters. Just being a dog, I think, uh, you know, that lies on the older guys like myself and Draymond to will these young guys to play with that ferocity we might have missed in the second half. That kind of seemed like the same system issues. How do you guys go from talking about it to fixing the 23 games left? With uh, 23 games left, we still have a great opportunity to finish very strong and you just uh, continue to play your hardest and um, have fun while doing it. I mean, uh, there's a lot of basketball left, believe it or not, and um, I know we still have greatness ahead of us. I'm never going to not believe in this team. Done too many great things not to. See how best the Western Conference standings are right now. Then with 23 games left, just what do you feel like the sense of level urgency there is with this team just kind of very high and um, we'll give it everything we got and wherever we land at the end of the season we'll be content with that because if you give it full effort maximum effort you can live with the results and that's what the Warriors are going to have to do bring that max effort and let the chips fall where they may whether it winds up being seven to ten or in the top six if the Warriors can get on a little bit of a run, but but that effort and energy and execution and, and everything, it, it has to be there at a higher level than it was tonight and uh, more consistently than it, than it was tonight. All right, that'll do it. A quick turnaround for us, quick turnaround for the Warriors as they fly back home as we speak. And uh, the Warriors with the next five at Chase Center, beginning with the Rockets tomorrow at seven o'clock. All right. Thanks to Sterling Bennett. Thanks to everybody in our San Francisco studios. Great job by everyone. Uh, I'm John Dickinson. Six o'clock tomorrow, Warriors Live is that one will be from the team shop at Chase Center. So stop by, say hi if you're heading to the game tomorrow. And so I'll be out there for Warriors Live at six o'clock before and after the game. Warriors wrap up at the team shop uh, in Thrive City tomorrow as well. So uh, look forward to that. 
and uh, we'll be talking about this one before and after. So Fox Sports Radio is coming your way next. Lakers get the better of the Warriors tonight as uh, they win down in L.A. 124-111. to 111. We'll talk to you tomorrow from Chase right here on 95.7 The Game. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.